Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check us out on social media. We're available on all platforms. So just head over, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow. You can also visit us at countrymusicmademe.com to sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content. On today's episode, we're excited to be welcomed by Pillbox Patty, also known as hit songwriter Nicolette Hayford. We had a great time talking about her journey through songwriting and the evolution into Pillbox Patty, which she introduced earlier this year. She is set to release her debut project in October, so please enjoy our conversation with Pillbox Patty. Your dad is a musician and he is one who sort of got you into it. But before you maybe realized what he did as a profession and started to get into music, what did that upbringing look like in Florida? Um, my parents got divorced when I was super young. So my mom lived, went and lived with my, who is my stepdad, ex-stepdad now. Um, okay in a really small town. So we lived in, in Gainesville at the time. And then they lived in Stark, which is a really small one stoplight. I must, there is some charming sides to it, but not the sides I lived in. Right. <laughs> not the side that I got to see, um, you know, it's a lot of poverty. It's a lot of drugs. It's a lot of, you know, it's a, it was kind of a, um, a really tumultuous sometimes violent um, household. And so I was split between that and then going back and forth to my dad's. And so that was like my introduction to like country and country music, you know, and living in the country. And it, it definitely wasn't like the um, sort of like charming white picket fence, um, you know, mama's frying chicken kind of, life for me. So, um, it was important for me to be able to make music that reflected like the country that I knew and that I, you know, came up in. Right. And so did your dad stay in Gainesville during that time? We, I mean, that was when I was like younger Then we moved, I think probably like sixth grade. Then I moved down. We lived in Port Charlotte, Florida, which is like near like Fort Myers area. Okay. Um, and so I did, I was there for a few years and then my June sophomore year end of my sophomore year, I moved to Stark. My mom and my stepdad had um, gotten sober and things were like kind of steady there for a minute. And so I went and lived there and then that quickly went to hell, but, <laughs> but it, um, so I ended up moving back there and finishing high school there and um, living in Stark for quite a while before then I moved back to Right. So during that time when you're splitting time between your mom and your dad, were you almost living two lives because of how different the environments were? Yeah, I was. Um, and my dad was gone working all the time. So I, um, you know, sometimes a my, one of my grandmothers would come stay with me. Sometimes my sister would just be there. Sometimes Nobody would be there with us. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of like structure as far as, you know, like just having like parental stuff. So it was like a lot of like, it was crazy over here. 
and then it was i mean it was crazy in both it was two different kinds of crazy but yeah right. it was definitely yeah it was two different kinds of crazy <laughs> right and throughout that time was there a point where music sort of became a crutch music became something that was normal it didn't change when you were moving from place to place yeah i mean cuz when my dad would be home for like the stretches that he was home, you know, he was always playing piano and, um, I was sitting down at that piano a lot when my dad wasn't there. So then when he would come back, um, you know, sometimes I would play something that I was kind of like working on, or I would try to be learning a song. And my dad was also doing, putting together these like, um, and helping be a part of this thing called the Durango songwriters expo. So I would go to those sometimes and I was really secretly you know writing actual songs by myself that took me a really long time to even like share with my dad um but I was I was really kind of hiding away in my room and and doing a lot of that but I was around and you know all these amazing like songwriters and I was like really shy and really like private about what I was doing. Cause I was just like, man, they're really good. And I'm like, you know, I was terrified to share anything I was doing for a long time. And right. I was right by the way, cause those, you know, early things are never the things you should share. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. And was your dad a songwriter or was he more on the business side of music? What exactly was his job while you were growing up? I mean, younger, when, when my dad was younger, he, played in bands and he wrote songs and he spent some time in LA and then it kind of transitioned into, I mean, he had kids and um, life just kind of happened. And um, then my dad has always been in like marketing and um, it's hard to even explain what my dad even does for, we used to joke that he was in the mafia. Cause I was like, what do you even do? And he says just a bunch of like computer stuff, marketing stuff, writing all kinds of um content like for about music stuff so it's always he's always had one foot in music somehow and then he got really involved in the Durango Songwriters Expo and that was kind of like aside from his like career he was also doing that so okay and so did he direct you towards music was he someone who because he did it he sort of thought that maybe he could help guide you in that direction or were you very much like you say, doing it on your own and he was doing his own thing and the two worlds didn't really collide. Um, no, my dad helped me a lot. Um, I mean, taking me to those expos before I even like came as a real attendee, you know, with music that I was, um, getting critiqued or performing, I went to those things and I just like sat in those listening sessions and I like took notes kind of, you know? Oh, okay. So I had a, he did, um, that was really crucial because I met so many people that ended up being really important to my career in Nashville, like Shannon Hatch and Rob Hatch and Julie Griffith and all these people that I learned from. And um, now, you know, those people have ended up being really important to me. And when I finally did move to Nashville several years later, but um, yeah, it's amazing that my CSAC rep has known me since I was 18, you know, I mean, oh, wow. really, yeah. And so what age was it where you caught that bug and you started writing and you started seeing it as something that maybe you were good at? Um, probably around, I mean, I was doing like, I mean, I started writing and stuff like, 
really young, but um, I got the confidence to like do it in front of people and share probably like 18, 19. Um, I was a little more confident. I really didn't start. I really started like playing out and doing things and like um, sharing and going to those things as like a, an artist or a writer, probably when I was 19 or 20. Okay. And during that time, like, did you have an artist mindset or was it very much a songwriter and just sort of when you had the chance sharing the songs that you had written? I had an artist mindset. Um, and I remember performing at those expos when I like finally got to the point where I was performing on the showcase, which is like a big deal. I mean, okay. I mean, it's really like that group is really special because it's sort of like this summer camp of people that we've all known each other and we've all seen each other come up. And some of those people are in Nashville now and my good friends. And we share that, like the Durango bond. Um, but I remember like the first two times I showcased and people would say, um, oh my God, your performance was amazing. And I, I love your voice is so awesome. I love your voice. And, but they didn't say, I loved that song. Okay. And so I was like, oh, I need to write amazing songs. So then my whole like perspective kind of shifted and I really went all into just learning how to be a really great songwriter, as good of a songwriter as I can be. And what did that look like when you dove into it? And I mean, before you moved to Nashville, what did becoming a really good songwriter look like? I studied writers. I studied okay. uh, records. You know, I figured I, you have to, I, anyway, personally, I broke down, you know, songs of like, why is that line awesome? Is it how they're singing it? Is it that they're throwing it away? Is it how they said it? You know, and I right. just kind of, when a song, you know, was a song I was really into, I would dissect it, you know, and then once you get onto that and then it's like the rabbit hole of like who wrote it and then what else do they write? What else do I not know about? It? And so it just kind of went from there. And I, um, I really just got into it. I, I mean, I took it seriously. Like it was school. <laughs> right. And did you ever think about going to school for it? Was there ever any thought of going to college or university to study songwriting? No. Um, I, I didn't want to go into school. My like high school, middle school was such like a stressful anxiety experience for me because everything was just kind of chaotic that as soon as I was done with that, I was, I just didn't want to, I was done with school. I was in the school of life after that. I was, <laughs> right, like, yeah. I was like, I can't, this is so no, no, I never even considered it. Right. And so there was one 4th of July, I believe, that you packed up your Kia and you said, peace out, and you headed to Nashville. Now, what year was that? Oh, man, that had to have been 2008, maybe. Okay. Seven? I don't know. I'd have to look. Um, I'm not sure on the exact year, honestly. Right. I, I'm still, I'm like, have I been here? How long have I been here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's all, it's all gone fast, but it was probably around then. What was that feeling like as you drove away from home on this new adventure? Like, was it a very spur of the moment thing? Or when did the thought of Nashville start to creep into your mind? 
it had been there for a while. I was working on music with a guy in Nashville or in um, Jacksonville Beach. And I knew it was weird. It was like this feeling kind of set in with me that I knew I needed to be in Nashville. I didn't know like really what that looked like, but I knew I needed to be there. And my dad at this point had moved to Nashville. Okay. Um, and I, I just knew I was supposed to be there. And, you know, when you're young and I'm living in a beach town and like, I had a serious boyfriend at the time and I was like, man, if I don't go and I was slowly figuring out, I mean, he's a great guy, but it was never going to be about me. He was a surfer. I mean, he wasn't going to move to Nashville probably, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And and I was like, man, this is going to be, if I stick it out with him, I'm I'm never going to do this. And I really had to set it a hard date because in Jacksonville beach, the most fun holidays 4th of July because all your friends you're all on bikes and you're driving through there and it's really magical and like four days after that is my birthday the 8th oh, okay. so I knew if I didn't if I really wanted to leave I knew that I had to leave on the most fun day like just to like prove to myself that I was really going to go because if I stayed for 4th of July then I would have been like well I want to stay for my birthday you know right, yeah and, it and then it would just been one of those things I never would have gotten out you know so I made it a point to get leave on the 4th of July. I mean, there's fireworks in the background and like, it was really kind of poetic and, and cool, but um, that was, I knew I was serious if I would leave then, you know. And so when you got to Nashville, did you stay with your dad? Was that yeah. like a way to sort of get your footing when you got there and you didn't just have to dive in all by yourself? Yeah, um, that definitely helped and I kind of got introduced to some people like Amanda Williams and I was going to, I was in like these little circles of people that I got to like learn from um people that my dad knew and um I kind of got into it that way and then you know you just meet people it's so weird how full circle Nashville can be like I um the first round and like the first friends I made were were this group of people playing at this place called um elm hill tavern and i met through those people aaron ratier who's now like one of my dear friends and constant collaborator and we lost touch you know i'd seen him like briefly a few times through that and that was years ago and then now it was like we ran into in each other like i don't think we were at some warner thing or something i don't know years and years later and then oh, we, were just, okay. we gotta get back to writing and it was really cool that I mean that was just somebody that I knew from the very like first year that I lived in Nashville you know right and now you talked about high school and that being an anxiety filled event but then you get to Nashville and it kind of feels like maybe off the start that can feel like high school because of the clicks and the sort of hierarchy within it and so was there that feeling when you first arrived of anxiety and what am I doing and who are my people um, not initially, because what's funny about Nashville, and at least in my experience, is you don't realize how far away you are from it or were from it until you're in there. It's like a spider web, you know, it's like there's stuff going on and all the things and you're really trying to get here. But you when you're starting it, you know, like we're all we know we know that all there's all these awesome like people going on, like and things are happening, but we're in our like little group of people. So it's like you really don't realize how far away you are from like making anything happen. So so I didn't really like the clicky thing didn't really like occur to me. It was just like, 
you just meet more people and then you write with those people. I never, Nashville has been really like kind of accepting to me. I didn't really have um, any of that. And honestly, it felt better than high school because nobody's from Nashville really, you know, so everybody's there trying to make friends and meet people. We're all lost. (laughs) Now within your circle, two of the people that it appears were very important for this journey, Ashley McBride, definitely. And then John Party, who I believe you were roommates with. So you mentioned Elm Hill Tavern. And I also heard you talk about in another interview, the Rusty Nail, which were important venues, especially for connecting with Ashley McBride. And so talk about that moment of your career and starting to make connections with these artists who we know about now, but back then they were just starting out just like you were. And so how important were those connections back then? Man, they, they were everything. I mean, it turns out um, we, Ashley was very, I mean, Ashley had been playing a lot of shows around and had been doing her thing, but she, at that time at Rusty Nail, when we met, I mean, she, she didn't have a published, none of us had like publishing deals yet or any of that. We just became like friends. And then, um, I think we got deals and we were still like buds. And then we're like, man, why don't we ever write, you know? And then finally we did. Um, but we were friends for years before we ever wrote, which is, we always laugh about, but, um, that once we did it, once we wanted to do it all the time. Um, and that was really cool. Cause we got to really be like, we have really been in it from the beginning with each other. And that's, that's really special. Um, And John, I think I got set up to go out on the road with him um, when he was first starting out. I don't even, Head Over Boots hadn't even happened. And that was a wild time. And it was so much fun. And we just became instant friends. Like we just, it was just a weird thing like he just it felt like a, a big brother on like right away you know and then we hung out after that it was crazy we had the whole thing we ended up we met Bob Kid Rock at the same time because he right when I got home from that Bob was in um the this little restaurant I worked at that I just went to eat crawfish on Memorial Day and he's like man this is when Header Boots came out too oh, and he was okay. like and me and Ashley had gone on the road with John and I was just out with Ashley riding and hanging and we'd come back from that. And Kid Rock is like, man, who is this head over boots guy? Like, this is awesome. I love this song. I was like, John, of all the people he could have said, like, I knew it. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I just got off the road within like four hours ago. <laughs> and he's like, come over. So we go over there. And then that we had such like a, it was just such a funny, like fun, wild um, start to a friendship that um was really special to us and then probably like a little less than a year after that i ended up moving in with john and i lived with him for um i don't know two years maybe okay and what's it like within this career to witness that rise for both ashley and john and just being there from the beginning and and just see them get to where they are today i mean it's 
it's really sweet and special in this. I mean, when these are your friends and you're watching every step of the way and like you're seeing like bit by bit, like little dreams come true. But it's also, um, you know, an awesome opportunity that I got to to take notes. You know, I mean, there's stuff that I'm like, oh, I see how stressful this part is, how right. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. How like not cool this stuff is. I'm like, not, so I had a really like, um, realistic and close view on like, um, what being an artist is really like, and right. that has really come in handy. And I'm really grateful for that. And also when, you know, they're there for me when I'm like, I'm scared about this <laughs> or I have anxiety about this, or I feel weird about this, you know? And they're like, Oh no, this is, you know, they've, it's just awesome to have those friends that now they're like, come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. And as you started writing with Ashley, those were some of your first big breaks. Now you talk about sort of witnessing their rise, but as a songwriter for you, as you begin songwriting and Ashley releases her album, I think Girl Going Nowhere in 2018 was sort of the first big one for you. And so when that stuff started hitting, what did that mean for you personally as a songwriter and starting to see your stuff get out there? That was like the, okay, like got real moment. You know, it was right, like, yeah. this is happening. Like you, you know, you fight for so long to get like some kind of like clout or credit so that you, so that you for yourself feel like you're actually a real writer and you're really doing it. You know what I mean? Cause it's just, it's such a weird job and a weird thing to do and there's so many things have to work out and line up for those things like that to land and um that moment I was like okay like you did something you're a real writer <laughs> and uh now how do we like what now what else can we do you know I mean it's right yeah it's like oh those I think for every writer those I think there's maybe only a few exceptions, but those first like breaks are like, whoo, you can breathe, you know, you're like, okay, all right, this is, it, it might, is going to be okay. <laughs> there's a good chance it's going to be okay. <laughs> you talked about it being around 2007, 2008 that you took off for Nashville. So 2018 is when Ashley released that album. And so within those 10 or so years, was there ever a thought within your mind of this isn't going to work out? What am I doing? Or because you were able to surround yourself with such great people, did that thought never even enter your mind over those years? Oh, I mean, I, I would think that any, anybody in this um, business, I mean, I knew I couldn't do anything else because if I could, I would, you know, I, I've had jobs, I've done all kinds of jobs. And I knew that the only one I wanted to do was, you know, to be a writer, an artist, but you definitely, man, when you're grinding it out and I'm working at a restaurant and I'm writing five days a week and I'm leaving a write, and then I'm going to, you know, work in a restaurant and then I come back, like I'm exhausted and I'm broke. And, um, there was definitely some moments where I'm like, what if this doesn't work? So there's definitely some moments, you know, after, you know, two 15 hour shifts or whatever. I'm like, my God, is this going to be my life forever? Um, right. But yeah, I definitely had those moments, you know, um, I, I expect to have more of those, you know, that's just kind of part of this. A dream is a nightmare sometimes. 
scary. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Jeff Carlton, I believe, is someone who was influential in your journey. He passed away, I think, in 2018. And I just wanted to ask about him and what he did mean for your journey. Oh, man. I was in a deal um, that my first publishing deal that was really stifling and not was not the right thing for me to be in. I was really unhappy. I felt very like just kind of suffocated. And um, he was the first person that was like an outside um, influence that like championed me. And he just, I mean, we would, he's like, Hey, we got to talk about like your deal about your writing. You're not getting in like rooms that I really feel like you should be in. Like these songs are really good. And, um, he really fanned the flame when it needed it most. And, um, he introduced me to Connie. I mean, he introduced me to Brandy. I mean, he was like, definitely a major 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 like he created a massive shift in in my career for sure right and in 2019 you signed with Riverhouse and Smack Songs now was that sort of your first official publishing deal next to that one you just talked about I mean that other one was um very official um but it was very not good and (laughs) Um, so yeah, I felt like, oh, this is like a real, this is what it's like, what it's supposed to be like, you know, in that sense, it did feel like my first, like actual thing, you know, like I was like, wow, that other stuff was like clown town, but this is, (laughs) this is, this is legit. So yeah, it definitely did feel like that. That's awesome. And so let's move on to 2020. Now, when did the thoughts start to enter your mind of wanting to step over to that artist side and do something on your own? Um, I think I really, that collection of songs is what started me really wanting to go all the way. Cause really I was making like a songwriter record, um, because those songs really just deserved a home. And sometimes, you know, when songs aren't cut that you just really like love and um, just need them to live somewhere. That was really, that was less about me and more about those songs. But what did happen was um, me writing Pillbox Patty at like four o'clock in the morning. And I ended up putting that on the record and calling my record that. And that was the moment I was like, no, Patty's going to be the thing. So I had like introduced, I had met myself and introduced myself all in that project that was really about giving those songs a home. So that was um, an important project and really did like kind of start the whole um, transition. Okay. So when you released that first EP in 2020, did you have a thought like when you were creating that project, was it like, okay, I want to be an artist or was it more just here's some songs that I like, I'm going to put them out, but then I'm going to move back to songwriting after that. 
mostly I mean, I would, I set out to be making a songwriter record kind of in the same way, you know, we're all, a lot of us are artists, same way that when Jeff Hyde makes a record and, you know, cuts happen off off of that and that kind of thing, like artists, but it's, it's also like a tool, you know? Um, and, and you just need to do those songs. And I felt that way about those songs, but the Patty thing was like, I knew after I wrote Patty that I was um, that that really started it because then I realized doing that project made me realize that I needed to separate my writer career from my artist career. Right. And what was that feeling like? Because as I did my research and as I listened to other interviews, it feels like you're someone who doesn't necessarily enjoy the spotlight and I think I heard you talk about not necessarily enjoying songwriter rounds and performing and being in front of people and so when the idea came up to actually launch this as Pillbox Patty and actually launch an artist career what was the like the original feeling within your heart and within your soul you know it honestly that's how I knew um that the fear of like writer rounds and all that I I realized it was because those songs you know that I write for other people they don't belong to me I didn't write them for me I wrote them for them that's that's Ashley's song or you know whoever's song you know what I mean it's like right so it always made me feel like I wasn't being like an artist I was just being like a songwriter so um, and that always like kind of weirded me out. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to, you want me to sing freaking any song that Ashley McBride has cut? Like, have you heard her sing? Like, I, right. I, I do that, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, so, um, the Patty thing, once I, once it, I made the music that I really wanted to make that were my stories that sonically was what I would do, um, that kind of went away. I still get performance anxiety because I do like, I feel like that's pretty normal. I don't know. I mean, it it is to me anyway. I mean, that's a big thing you're about to do. Anything could happen, you know? So I still have that. Um, But the music is so important and the process was so magical and I owe it to my writers um, to get over myself and my fear and go do the thing, you know, that's, that's, I, I owe everybody that, you know, and I owe myself that. And having the opportunity to step into the pillbox patty persona as you go on stage, um, has that helped to make you more comfortable and be able to sort of be within that and not have to maybe focus so much on yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very about me because the music is really personal, but it's sort of like, you know, Beyonce is Sasha Fierce before right. she goes out there. It's sort of like that. Yeah, it does help. And it's nice that it's a, it's a hat I can take off, you know? And so that, and I want to do that because my writing career is also very important to me, but I can't go in to write for other people as the artist. I, you know, it allows me like the flexibility of, going back when it's time to, you know, write for Ashley's record or, or whatever, and, and give my whole writing self to her artistry, you know? Um, so it, yeah, I mean, it definitely gives me something I can step into and it helps and it's so much fun. And I, I feel like the most me, it's like the most, 
you know, the most like me that I didn't know that I was even capable of doing. So it, it definitely gives me like some confidence and, um, you know, courage. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that after being in town for so long and writing for others and writing songs for others to finally find yourself within your songs? this whole like little ride that I just got on is the most magical experience I've ever had. I mean, I, I didn't even know, like every time I do something or whatever, you know, and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe like we wrote these songs and we're doing all these things that we talked about and that's happening. And so it's like, it's so I'm happier and like the best version of me that I've ever met. And, and that is, um, really awesome like it's a really 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 cool feeling that's awesome and now in the creation of this music i saw that the first three singles that you have released they have quite a few writers on each song i think there's like between five and eight songwriters on each song and so how important is that when you're crafting this music to have a large community around it um i mean to me the thing is is um, every single one of those writer, all those people that are on it are very capable and have and will write many songs alone by themselves. But um, it was really important for me to get out of the show up at 11 o'clock on a schedule thing, because I think there's something that happens, you know, we all have an internal list. We all have like lives you know it's like you're either thinking about how you gotta leave or you gotta let a dog out or you gotta feed your kids or whatever is going on with you and um I'm a just a really big energy person I know that a high vibration is is what you need to get to the ether you know that's what you're trying to get to and this group of people gets us there you know and it's the most like freeing like there's no rules and we're working so hard. We don't even realize how long we're writing and there's, it's just free flowing creativity. And that's a really magical way to write coming from like a very organized way to write. And um, that process is just like, you know, I mean, if, if it was 10 people that like we all had this kind of thing together, then there'd be 10. <laughs> and for Ashley, do you know what her feelings are within this project? Because you have been with her for so long and supporting her career. And now all of a sudden the tables have turned and she's there writing with you and writing for your project and helping support you. So what has that sort of transition been like in your relationship? Oh, she loves, she's so supportive and so excited. And like, and she's, you know, anytime, I mean, I was like, texting her this morning because I had um, accidentally glued eyelashes to my hand and I'm like, this getting <laughs> thing is really, <laughs> gotta get oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. It was the whole thing. Um, but she, she's so excited. It's freeing for her too. You know what I mean? I mean she gets to get out of like doing um, writing Ashley stuff. Cause Ashley is a brilliant genius writer. So she just loves the opportunity to be like, Ooh, what are we going to talk about here? Like she gets another vessel too. So um, it's been really fun. That's awesome. And now I have to ask about the cover art for young and stupid and the photo that's on there. Um, it's an interesting photo. And I wanted to know just within your 
persona of Pillbox Patty and then also just you personally. What was that photo shoot like? Was that as uncomfortable as it might appear from a viewer looking at it being the artist actually having to take those types of photos? No, I wanted to take that picture. That is so me. I'm like, no, I'm like a pee with the door open, smoke. I mean, that is like, that is me all the way. So that, that wasn't uncomfortable at all. I mean, photo shoots are, are weird anyway. I mean, I'm not a model, so I need a lot of direction and help, but Alexa King is just the most brilliant photographer ever. And she did that shoot and I had my friends with me. So I really felt like myself you know and that's like absolutely i think my friend kelly was the one that was like you should go in that bathroom y'all should go in there and you should take some pictures she's like that's the most you thing ever and i and it totally was so it didn't feel weird to me at all i mean that's that's totally something i mean have my friends in there peeing and smoking a cigarette i mean that's that's a uh, pretty accurate <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious and now Within this career, I want to ask, I can't remember if it was a social media post or an interview where I saw this, but I saw you say, um, I can't believe I tricked y'all into liking me. And I was just wondering within this journey and, you know, as you grow as a songwriter, as an artist, just the feelings inside that you have of maybe that struggle of understanding who you are and who you want to be but also having this sort of maybe outside pressure of what you feel everyone else thinks you should be and wants you to be yes I mean it's I mean it is the weirdest most I mean yeah there's a lot of things going on there's you wanting to there's you wanting to succeed there's other people wanting you to succeed there's some people that maybe don't want you to succeed there's you know, you're figuring yourself out. And also we're creative as writers and artists, we're being creative constantly. And so when you um, are trying to figure out how you make something that's true to you into some, I mean, you're, it, it shifts things, it moves things around. And, and it, it's like um, that group of people, those writers are the most that are on my project are literally my dearest friends and the most brilliant people I know. And I love and respect them all so much that I, I'm like, they like me and they're my friends and they want to write music for me. Like that is really, it's, I'm just like, I think you guys are so cool. (laughs) Like, I love that. Like you want to do this with me. It really comes from that. Um, Cause you know, when you get to start making music with people that you think are like, you know, the coolest it's it's like humbling and and awesome and it's kind of where i'm at <laughs> that's awesome and as, as a songwriter um we have to talk about one night standards because that's a song that really went crazy over the past couple of years so as a songwriter what is that experience like of riding the wave of that song and all the amazing things that have happened with it that song is so special because that experience is so special with Ashley, you know, I mean, that was like our first like hit together. And, um, that whole thing, we're like, can we believe this song of the year? I mean, this is crazy. Like we were just like, what, 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 you know, like, um, that was awesome. But it was also, I knew, um, if I was going to 
do this, if I was going to do the artist thing, I was either about to be so distracted and so busy as a writer, I wasn't going to be able to do it. Right. Or I could go all in on the Patty thing. And one night standards changed my life in so many ways, but it absolutely allowed for me to be able to do this artist project. I mean, it, it paid for it. It gave me the confidence. It gave me just enough clout with my publishers where I could be like, okay, I'm just going to write for me for this thing. And they were like, okay, <laughs> you know, it, it really like, it was the start of, of all that. So really grateful for that song. And it was up for awards, but it also brought you into the spotlight personally. And uh, in, last year, the Music Row Awards, you won Breakthrough Songwriter of the Year. Now, what is that experience like after, you know, as a songwriter, sort of maybe not being noticed, and then all of a sudden the spotlight is shining down on you as a songwriter? That was awesome. I couldn't believe I won. I mean, that I still can't believe that. I was like, what? this is crazy. That was obviously like really, really special. And, um, still means like a ton to me, but I'm still almost like, kind of can't believe it a little bit, you know? And like, even when I see it, it's on like a shelf in my house. I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that really happened. <laughs> you want a thing. Um, yeah, that was, that's so cool. I mean, you hope those things happen, but, it, and then, yeah, it is like, nobody even knows you exist. And then all of a sudden people are like, here, is this thing we see you and I'm like oh my gosh so that's super cool you know some people don't like well I love awards I think awards are awesome I think, <laughs> I think they're like the most fun so uh that was really special that's awesome and so within the pillbox patty realm and the music October 14th is the next project that we'll see from you so talk about the project what can we expect is it an EP is it a full-length album what can we look forward to? Um, I will say that it's eight songs because eight is a very just important number to me. And um, it felt right. And um, sonically, it is. Um, I think some people are going to be surprised by um, sort of the influences and the sounds and stuff that are, are in there because, you know, people kind of only knew. They're getting, they're slowly getting it with these songs that are coming out um, on this project, but um, it doesn't really sound like anything else. So it's hard for me to like say what it is, um, but it's so personal and so real. And it's such a celebration of some of the not so like pretty stuff, you know, um, that I went through that I know a lot of people go through and I, I mean, it brings joy to me, like coming out of all that. So I'm, I hope that that's what it sounds like is a, is a celebration of some things that maybe you didn't think you should celebrate. <laughs> and so how important is this project then if you're, you're looking back on your life and some of the not so pretty things, was it almost closure on some things? Yeah, it's, it was closure for some things, but also it was like the opposite of that for for some other things because it was like wait we can go into this and we can talk about this and we can like what else happened in that crazy time and it's really like been awesome for my family like my mom and everything my mom's like she's like oh my god true you know what are we gonna do like it's and it's like made everybody feel like hey like we all have stuff we're not super proud of or things that we've been embarrassed about so now 
you know, there's some songs obviously that gave me closure, but there are some songs that I'm like, no, let's, let's talk more about people still are living this every day, you know? So, um, and you don't have to like, feel like crap about it. So it's kind of both. <laughs> right. And I, I think it was Jordan Fletcher I was talking to who said that basically songwriting is a free therapy session every time you're going in. And so is that sort of what this felt like in writing this album? Yeah. I mean, way more like fun and, um, you know, boozier, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it did it. It was, it was really like cathartic and really um, everybody just, that group of people just like lifted me up. And so we're like, hopefully we're lifting other people up with this because that's the point, you know? Right. And so what does the future look like as you move towards releasing a full project and obviously wanting to promote that and get out there with that, but also continuing to dive in on the songwriter side, what does your time look like coming into the future? Do you know yet? No. I mean, my time looks like I only look at my calendar for like what I have that day and like the morning of the next day, because <laughs> otherwise I'm like, what? This is crazy. So uh, it's it is that busy and the crazy enough to where I have to let myself only look at one day at a time. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a lot of shows, a lot of my, my team is we're all having so much fun with this. And um, you know, everybody's ideas are on the table. So it's a lot of shows. It's a lot of, um, stuff like this, meeting people and talking about it. And, um, I'm definitely staying busy with it. So. Absolutely. And so when you look back to getting set to move to Nashville, you have these dreams of being a songwriter. You're not sure what your artistry looks like. And now looking to today, and seeing what you have and being a hit songwriter and becoming an artist, do you have time to sort of look back 10, 15 years at where you were and then where you are now and really take that in and internalize it? Yeah, I make time for that every day. I mean, there's, and also when I look at how messy my bedroom is and I'm like, you are still the same <laughs> person you are a hit writer with the room of a, a 16 year old <laughs> uh but yeah no I think about that all the time I mean I up until signing that my new publishing deal which was not that long ago you know 2019 I never even had weekends off I was working um so everything has you know that's never lost I mean when I'm like remember when you never even had a day off remember when and now I don't but it's like because I'm doing something awesome. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think about that every day when I'm uh, doing something even that scares me or whatever. And I'm like, man, you have, you've had a lot of jobs. <laughs> like, how cool is this one? Um, yeah, and I'm really proud of myself. You know, there's a lot of times in my life I would have never ever thought that I was a person that was capable or lucky enough or whatever to, to get here. So um, I think about that almost every day. That's amazing. And just one last thing going full circle now with the Durango songwriters festival, like how has that changed for you in being able 
to go back there. I don't know when the last time you had a chance to go back there was 2019, maybe. I don't know if they've had it since then, but how has that experience changed? I actually went a um, last October, maybe, because oh, okay. there's two, two a year. Um, that is always like, I remember, I mean, I still, I, I mean, I remember going and I, and me and my friend, Chris Galbito is a dear friend of mine. He's a, a writer and um, just awesome musician and, and artist in his own right. But we, we were talking about it at that expo that remember when we used to come and we were like, we are like, are obsessed with Al Anderson. Al Anderson is just like our hero. And oh, we were cool. like, what's Al Anderson doing? You know, we like text each other, like Al Anderson's having drinks with this guy. And then now we've written with him and, you know, and he's, and we love him dearly and we know him personally, but we always laugh about that. When we go back to the expo, it's like, wow, how far we've come from like being like nerding out and, and whatever. And now we're, uh, we're part of this thing and we're trying to help and we're trying to answer questions and, um, you know, help pull the next people up when we can. So that that's really cool. Yeah. It's funny. Now there's people who are just starting out who are saying, oh, there's Nicolette, there's Pillbox Patty. Look at what she's doing. Look at who she's talking to. That's crazy. I don't know if that's happening, but if it is, that's crazy. <laughs> thank you once again so much for listening. And thank you to Pillbox Patty for stopping by and sharing her story. Be sure to keep an eye out for her debut project coming in October. Please also be sure to check us out on social media. We're available on all platforms. So just head over, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow. You can also visit countrymusicmademe.com to sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content. And if you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review, leave us a rating. We would really appreciate it. Thank you so much once again for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me.